Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain, media veteran, content creator, and storyteller. I'm a New Orleans native currently based in Los Angeles, California. This podcast is all about sharing our stories, support, and resources to inspire, encourage, and empower our listeners. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share with at least three people. Continue the conversation online at LonnieSwain.com. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Joining me today is Jay St. James. And go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Let them know who you are, what it is you do, how you do it, and all that good stuff, if they're not already familiar. (laughs) Okay. So my name is Jay St. James. Um, I am what I like to call a creative multi-hyphenate. And basically what that means is um, I'm a creative through and through. Mm-hmm. So by profession, I am a makeup artist. Um, but prior to that, like I've been painting since I probably could pick up a brush mm-hmm. or anything with my hands. So I'm a makeup artist. I'm a painter, a sculptor, a designer, a photographer, a um, man, plant a- mom. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a plant mommy. I'm pretty obsessed about all of these plants they're very spoiled they have their own lights and you know all types of goodness um but yeah I'm just a super creative that's what I've always done um aside for you know my little stint in corporate America but besides that I am a creative at heart love it and so since you um mentioned it I, just out of curiosity, what was your stint in corporate America and what did you do and how did you get take that path? Yikes. Okay, so I was <laughs> a, a marketing manager for seven years. Um, I started off um, at an ad agency, though, um, out of undergrad. And um, I was doing media buying and planning for an ad agency and then went to grad school, blah, 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 got recruited. And then that's when the whole marketing thing happened. So seven years later, uh, I was a marketing manager. And then I was also teaching college business. So I taught college business for six years as well. And then my last job, when I was in, mar- when I was in marketing, I hated it. It was mm. tragic. Mm. And I quit. Mm. Okay. I quit. When did I I quit? July 4th of 2012. Okay. And so I haven't been back since. Um, It sounds like a common case of a creative who is trying to take the quote unquote safe route or maybe were discouraged or didn't feel like you could make a living or a full career out of your passions and your creative pursuits. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to go into this. And then you get into a corporate position, a corporate field. And it's like everything in your body is like, no, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Is Would you say it was that or? Um, I was, I would say yes. Yes and no for me. Um, I still love marketing to this day. Like if there was an opportunity that I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like the greatest thing ever. I may even think about it, right? But um, I think my last company was just not the business. Like I was the only black girl there. 
at the time, you know, I used to have super long locks. It was like issues with hair. It was just, it was a really bad environment. Um, and then, you know, when I was telling people like, man, I want to just, I want to quit. People were like, what? Like, I literally had the quintessential you made it corporate gig. Like I, we had moved into a new space. I had designed the office. Like I had my corner office. I'm looking across the street. It's like the Sears Tower. Like literally was like the dream, making all this money. And I was miserable. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, mm-hmm. this is not worth it. Okay. And I kind of quit. And um, at the time I did have my studio. I had a makeup and an art studio, but I was traveling like every two weeks. So I was never there. I never got a chance to be creative. And I was just kind of like, this is not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I, luckily I'm really good with money. So I was stacking money and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to quit. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I just quit. And then the struggle began. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it, yes and no on that. Yes and no. Okay. So tell us what the struggle was. The struggle for me, it took me a long time to figure out what success was um when you come from the corporate space right you think that success is landing a new client or closing a deal and I, at the time i was working with people you know the budgets were like a meal to begin with so these weren't like small clients these were like major major brands and so once i decided to be an entrepreneur I was thinking, I, I kind of felt like I lost my identity or I lost what it meant to, to be successful because now I didn't have that, right? So it took me a long time to get to a point where I had to change the way that I thought about success. So success in the corporate world is landing a client, but success on you know the entrepreneur side is, hey, guess who built their own website? Guess who created you know all the marketing and branding for their website? guess who took this picture? Guess who did blah, blah, blah. So it took me a long time to change the way I was thinking like, okay, yeah, you don't make all this money that you made over here, but guess what you're doing over there? You're still successful. It's just different. It's just in a different space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's me like years, yeah. years to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going to say that definitely can take years to do and it's an ever-evolving definition of what success is at every stage and phase in your life and even in entrepreneurship in the early infancy of your business Mm -hmm. success is going to look different from what it looks like in the middle of your doing it for so many years and so what do you think some of the things or um motivators are things that kind of helped you to reshape what that idea of success was? What, what were some of those things? How did you get to the point of accepting a new idea of what it was? Faith. Um, I don't know how you can be an entrepreneur and don't have faith mm-hmm. uh, because it's hard. And I feel like, you know, these days, everybody wants you to be an entrepreneur. It's like, oh, don't work for the man, do blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I don't know if I necessarily believe that because I feel like some people do very well going to a nine to five, getting that two week, every two week check. 
And some people do very well as an entrepreneur. I just feel like it's trying to, knowing who you are first, because some people aren't go-getters. Some people are not going to, yeah, I have invoices. Some people don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but for me, I think it, it was faith because you have to be able to believe that, you know, whatever you believe. But in my case, you know, I feel like God never, you know, let me down. And I was always reminded by the small little things like, hey, you had this little victory. Okay, God got you, girl. Keep it moving. So for me, it's, it's definitely faith. It's definitely being consistent um, because I don't know any other way to get past. If there were times where I wanted to lay in the street, like literally mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wanted to lay down. I think probably like, I every so entrepreneur like, has had oh. that moment once or twice a month no. <laughs> or once or twice a year, depending yes. on you know and it's definitely gotten better um because you see the little things and there were there were things where i always laugh at this like god you funny like i was i was straddling the fence for a long time too like okay i'm not making no money in this makeup world let me try to apply to 20 more corporate jobs i didn't get a one mm -hmm. do you hear me like i would go to an interview great companies i would go to an interview they would be like next the next like couple days I would get like a makeup gig and that's how it would happen. And I would be like, you funny guy, like this, this is what you own. Like, so you really yeah. want me to do this and not like this. saying, nope, nope. Yes. And, it's, and cause you know, it's nothing but that and his discernment because you know, you qualified, you know, you are, you know, would be yes. a good fit for the role, but it's just like his way of saying his or her way of saying, you know, depending on who you believe God is, right. oh, absolutely. Um, you know, but just saying like, this is not what I want for you. Yeah. Like this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Focus your energy on this. Like everybody has gifts. Everybody has a purpose. Mm -hmm. Activate this, activate your purpose and move in that. Like, that's what I've learned. That's like the biggest thing that I've learned. Mm-hmm. And so in transitioning from canvas to skin, how did that come about? So I never want, I am so not the makeup girl. Like if you know me, you know that I'm not the makeup girl at all, but I can paint. So um, most people don't know that I can draw, even though I always tell people I draw feelings and not people. Okay. Um, but one of my friends at the time when I was living in Atlanta, he was a makeup artist and he had, he had a wedding or something one weekend and his assistant like totally disappeared. And he was like, you could, you should just be my assistant. And I was like, what? I don't do makeup. I don't wear makeup, blah, blah. He's like, but you can paint, which means that you understand color theory. Okay. But <laughs> I, I've never, I didn't wear makeup, like literally. And he was like, just, you just mix up the foundations. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> um, so I did it. It wasn't as much of a nightmare as I thought it was going to be. Uh, nobody looked crazy. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I kind of like this. Um, and then I just kind of started doing it. I mean, I, I don't have a background where most people are like, hey, you know, I used to work at the makeup counter or I used to you know, work on a brand or whatever, I didn't have that experience. So everything I had was all I knew how to do was mix some colors and paint mm -hmm. on canvas. I never had that. So I just practice. I practice on everybody. Um, I didn't really practice on me. 
but I practiced on all my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had the goal to say, Hey, I want to be signed to an agency. Like I want to work with models and do all of that. And I kind of worked at that for a couple of years. First time I had a meeting, they were like, yep, negative. You, you need to go back and do- <laughs> practice some more. <laughs> well, it, you know what? It wasn't even practice some more. It was, my book was very, um, I don't even know how to, I'll say experimental. Like it was very uh, much so like. Not what they were looking for or. No, it was just very, just extra. Like it was just doing a lot. And you know, when you go to an, an artist agency, they want your work to look a certain way. So it wasn't polished, maybe what they would say. It wasn't polished. And it was very not the Chicago market. Cause at the time mm -hmm. the Chicago market was, you know, e-commerce catalog. So when you think of like catalog, it's like fresh face, skin, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It wasn't like cat, cat eye and mm -hmm. purple this. It just wasn't like that. And so I had to go back and redo it. And I came back maybe a, it was either close to a year later. And then they were like, now we like it and they signed me. Nice. Um, but that took like <laughs> three years, three, three or four years of trying to practice and get my life together. So it's definitely, definitely wasn't quick. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. And did you feel like, or do you feel like not taking the traditional route of going to a beauty counter first? Do you think that that delayed the process or do you think that that was a barrier at, at all? No, um, I don't think it would be delayed it at all. I think if, if anything, um, having the background that I had, you know, coming from another world, like coming from marketing has helped because I've seen, you know, both sides of the business. Like I've been on shoots, you know, and people are like, I don't know, it's like all types of people there. Like, because I've been on the other side, I know how to interact with the account managers and I know how to interact with the art director. Like, so it's like, I've seen er kind of every side of the business. Um, sure. It would have been beneficial to work at a counter or, you know, even, even just for customer service um, mm -hmm. experience. But again, I was in marketing. I worked in sales support. There's all that is, is customer service. So I think it was just literally um, a transferring of skills and I just, and that was another thing that I had to think about too. Like, girl, you may not have done this, but you did this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And it's the kind of the same thing. You just have to put yourself in a different mode. So definitely wasn't a hindrance. It was definitely a blessing in disguise. And I didn't even realize it at the time. Mm -hmm. And in that three year period that it took to get to the point where you wanted to get signed and getting signed and all of those things, what were your motivators to keep going when you wanted to maybe, I'm, I'm sure there was some moments where you were going lay out in the street during that time or after you got that first no, what did you channel to say, okay, let me go back and do some more work? Um, for me, I just, I, I knew what I wanted, right? So I knew that, you know, at the time it was getting signed with the agency, but then after that, it was like, okay, you, you want to work with these dream clients, right? These dream clients, you're going to work until you get there. Um, so for me, it was just, I work really well, like on deadline and I have to have goals. So it was just me just being like, Hey, I'm motivated by those no's. And that's one of the things that I always say to me, no's mean not yet. 
Like I've gotten so many no's, like it doesn't even phase me at this point. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, let me just let you just sit back until I can change your mind <laughs> real quick. Um, so it was, it was just really um, believing in who I am at the core to be like, no, you work too hard for this. Like you use this, your former life. You don't want to go back there. You enjoy this. You enjoy being able to you know collab with people and work with creatives and work with the talent like it was just a great feeling and i just always wanted more of that so it was like if i can do more of that and get to you know the next level then that's what i'm gonna do so mm-hmm. i guess i was just intrinsically motivated mm-hmm. yeah i'll go with that and you are, I'm not familiar with the beauty world from the aspect of being signed to an agency. What about that was desirable to you as opposed to being, say, freelance or, or what does that look like in comparison? Well, well, at the time, um, it was legitimacy, right? Because, you know, you're like, oh, you're signed with an agency. There's a, a uh, different kind credibility. of credibility. Oh yeah, credibility, and you you're kind of special because it's like, oh, okay, well you mm-hmm. you must know how to do something halfway right because mm-hmm. you know an, an agency has signed you. Um, so yeah, I think back then it was credibility and it was tied to legitimacy. Now I'm freelance, so okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's to- it's a totally different thing. There are pluses and minuses to both. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely like, I definitely feel like it helped, um, just initially because when you are with an agency and you're, you get that experience of working on set and working, um, with photographers and talent, you understand set etiquette, you understand how to deal. Like I've worked with some crazy people, like mm-hmm. all types of temperament. I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's wild so it's definitely preparation but you know it was great to to be on that agency side and it's also great now being on the freelance side so Mm -hmm. um it was definitely a great experience I wouldn't go I wouldn't take it back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if someone is listening who may be in the beauty world what would you say are maybe I think you did a good job of kind of saying what some of the pluses were what would you say are some of the minuses to being signed with an agency the percentage okay. <laughs> um, so, so you know like as a freelancer the, the coins okay we got, <laughs> that's important what drake say i don't do percentages right uh-huh. i like all of my coins right? <laughs> right um being signed with the agency of course they take a percentage um between 15 and 20 percent so that but are they on. bringing you a lot of clients to where you wouldn't have access to them before so (laughs) here's the thing if you have a good agent they should be bringing you opportunities right Mm -hmm. um especially in the beginning you know they should help you develop um they should have those opportunities open for you because it isn't sure it's about the coins right but you also want to develop yourself as an artist and a good agency a good agent and agency will help you do that but they take a percentage right Right. if you have a bad agent and let's say it was you know it's people on the board that aren't working how Mm -hmm. what's the point in having an agent right if you 
any, nothing is guaranteed. So you can be signed to an agency and not still not work. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, if you have a good agent, they will vouch for you. Um, they'll make sure that you're good. If you have any, if you know that your book needs to be developed even more, they should be helping you trying to do, try to do that. If you don't, you just sit on the board and you don't work. Mm-hmm. Got it. So. And- and at this point in your career, you have worked on the set of Empire and The Shy. Did that come through an agency or was that through your own? Okay. That came through me stalking people. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I am okay. very much so. My yeah, friend, no charge is pending, huh? <laughs> oh, but, but my friends will tell you that I am hella resourceful. So what I did for that, like I still to this day, like if it's something that I want to work on, I'll go. I'm the person that stays at the movies and goes through the credits to be like, oh, wait, hold on. Y'all better get y'all pen and paper. Write this down. Like, oh, you, oh, such and such was the makeup department head. Such and such was the... I don't even care the uh, the makeup assistant such and such like I I have a list of That's people good. it doesn't even matter like what department I will like look write their names down I will stalk them so I can figure out what their email address their social media handle and I'll reach out to them mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the the things that I've gotten um in terms of TV were me reaching out to people and just being like, hey, my name is such and such. This is what I do. Here's my portfolio. And I'll say something else. People ask me all the time the same question that you asked, like, how did this happen? So I'm like, I stopped. I was resourceful. Um, but you also have to be prepared. I think that a lot of people just think you're supposed to reach out and then it happened. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I had websites. I had all of this other stuff so that at any point in time, because what happens if they, you know, if they reach back out and say, I would love to have a meeting with you to discuss X, Y, and Z, and you don't have no website. Right. Or I'd love to have me send your portfolio, portfolio. And it's like, oh, uh, let me try to scramble something together. I can't tell you how many times people have been like, hey, do you have somebody that you could recommend for X, Y, and Z? And I'm reaching out to people. I'm like, hey, you know, sis, bro, what, what you got? And they like, oh, I got an Instagram. Mm-hmm. That works sometimes, but people want to really see your work. Like they want to see presentation is major in this industry. Like images is major and presentation is major. So you have to be prepared because you never know. Like literally you have to stay ready so you don't have to get ready because the opportunities will just fly on by to the next person because you weren't ready. Right. Yeah, that is a word and I definitely have seen it. And that goes across any industry, whatever any industry you're in, staying ready so you don't have to get ready. You know, a lot of people, especially now with social media, people Mm -hmm. are very accessible. So Mm -hmm. you can reach out directly to people, but, you know, be ready if they do reach back out and say, okay, you said you could do X, Y, and Z. Let me see what you have. And you don't have anything to present. I'm telling you, I see it all the time. Even, and then too, even now with, you know, everything going on with COVID, like people, like clients that are reaching out really need you to have like all of these certifications. Like, did you take 
you know, the disinfecting, the sanitation course? Do you, do you have um, COVID protocols? I got all of that stuff. I was just waiting on people to be like, do you have this, 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 this? Because I've had, clients, <laughs> yeah, I've had clients say, oh, you know, this is great that you have this information because this is the stuff that we need. So you got to be, you got to be prepared when you reach out, when you're reaching out to people, because I'm telling you, it may look like a lot of work in the beginning, but it will definitely pay off in the end because you can just go ahead put all your files in there, click send, and you're good mm-hmm. versus you trying to scramble. And so that's a great segue. How has your industry been impacted by COVID? Ooh, cha. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> so uh, TV definitely was tragic, right? Because everything just shut down and it's kind of just starting to pick back up. Um, and of course, so not only am I doing that, so I do TV and then I work, you know, doing private clients and also corporate stuff too. Well, all of the stuff shut down. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like, okay, well, well, now what do we do? Um, so it definitely has been affected. Um, the way that TV is crazy because <laughs> I just worked on a project where like, you don't even know how many times I have been tested like blood tests, swabs, like every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, cra- it's crazy. Um, but I mean, everything was just shut down. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like I just maybe within the past two months started taking private clients again. And was not that your even- choice or was that based on just the availability or people being interested or were you specifically be- saying like, no, I'm not doing any private clients based on the pandemic? Both. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely in the beginning when I first, you know, started scheduling appointments, I definitely wasn't taking anybody new. Gotcha. Um, so I was only taking, you know, my older clients, um, now I'm just starting to take new people. There are definitely precautions, of course. The whole setup, the whole time period is different because you have to make sure that everything is sanitized. And it's just a lot of stuff that's just different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, for me, it wasn't that different because an art, as an artist, you should be sanitizing and disinfecting and you know mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So that isn't any different I just feel like the process is a little bit longer because you want to make sure that the clients are you know comfortable right Mm -hmm. it's about being comfortable and being safe at the same time Mm -hmm. I had a friend say she wanted to get her makeup done but she was like I'm a, I don't want them using anything that has been used on anyone else you know she only wanted her personal products to be used and Mm -hmm. things like that is that a common request um no (laughs) oh okay actually it's not um i've had people that want to use their own foundation or you know i'm not i'm not now i'm not a double dipper i that you're not supposed to do that anyway and everything um what you should be using should be disposable everything Mm -hmm. um so yeah i haven't had any requests like that okay so my friends are weird i'll let them know (laughs) but but as an as an artist you should be able to you know to adapt 
Right. So if somebody, if you have a client, because I have had clients where they have crazy sensitivities to a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so if they want to bring their products and say, hey, you know, use what I have and make me fabulous, then I'm fine with that. That means I ain't got to use mine. I'm good. Right. I mean, it just depends. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that was a normal occurrence. Okay. So how can we support the beauty industry during this time support your local artists like really and it doesn't even have to be in terms of you know booking an appointment you you may be skeptical still I'm cool with that I'm super anti-covid so I get it Mm -hmm. um but what you can do is if they post something repost it shout them out like all of those things matter they really do matter. Um, if they, if you have a friend and you know they on a podcast, support your girl that's on the podcast. Like re- repost it, you know. Um, so there, there are different ways that you can support. Um, also, you know, let brands know, like, hey, we support you, especially with the, with the whole Black Lives Matter brand. And don't get me started on diversity and inclusion in the industry. Um, so yeah, it's just it's a ton of things that you can do if you want to, you know, schedule your own appointment. Oh, also a lot of artists are doing, you know, virtual consultations. Sign up for that. Su- support your local artists because a lot of us didn't have a lot of income coming in because, you know, we didn't have clients and we, you know, we ha- we got to pay our bills too. So if you have people, if you have friends or you know of artists that are doing virtual consultations or whatever it may be, sign up for that. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can do. And in terms of diversity and inclusion, um, most of my feed, I see a lot of diverse faces in the beauty industry, in the beauty mm-hmm. space. But of course, I'm not in it, in it. What are some of the challenges that you see? Man, where do I start? Uh, um, for me, I, I think that you see a lot of diversity sometimes in the forefront. My issue is that you don't see a lot of diversity behind the camera. Um, I say that to say it is 2020. And I am still the only black girl on 98% of the sets that I'm on or person of color, period. Um, So you may see, I think that a lot of brands are now rushing to put the black girl face on, you know, social media or now they're naming such and such the brand ambassador, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But the true work comes in on the back end. Are you hiring black talent are you hiring black makeup artists are you hiring black hairstylists art directors creative directors um stylists props supervisors like are you hiring those people because Mm -hmm. that means you know you have a, a better chance of your shoot making sense and you don't have those blunders that you know brands have when they put out an ad and it's like blackface and you like 
Mm-hmm. That passed by all of these people and nobody said nothing. That's because they don't have people of color in these top positions that they need to have them. So not only um, do they not have people of color that are working behind the scenes, but they also don't have people of color making um, better decision makers. And that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, I mean, it's imperative that they hire people because I've been seeing a lot of brands and I'm like, this is so tone deaf. Like, mm-hmm. I get that you're trying to uh, connect with Black people, but the verbiage doesn't even sound like something we would say. Right. So, is, is Tommy over here or is this Tom over here? Mm-hmm. And so, it's, it's very, um, I think it's really funny. Um, from the brand perspective, because it's like, I think we as Black people can see the difference and we can hear the difference if this doesn't even make sense. So you just have to have, you know, people that you're hiring people to make these choices and to hire the talent to make it work. You can't have it one-sided. You can't have a Black model and then all the decision makers are white and all the people doing all the stuff in the glam whole glam squad Mm -hmm. yeah the whole glam squad is white and but the model is black like that does not work now not to throw anybody under the bus but like say the shy or empire Mm -hmm. are you the only person of color on the glam squad (laughs) okay i was just gonna make sure but then i wouldn't be completely surprised because it could be a showtime decision or it could be you know the the top of the top assigning in that the the local level doesn't have a say potentially you know true true a lot of times the actors do have says but it depends on what the show is to see how much say they have you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it just depends but i think that um a lot of the time the actors will, will say hey like this is a black show. Like we need to have people that know how to do black hair. We need to, you know, have people, you know, makeup artists that know how to work with black skin. Like we, we need to have, you know, directors of photography that know how to light black skin. So Mm -hmm. I think that, um, it just depends on what, it just depends on what the show is and, you know, production and really having them understand the needs of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a complaint I have heard mm-hmm. from actresses oh, and, yeah. and things like that of not having someone that knows how to deal with certain kind of hair or even like the Simone Biles, I can't remember what uh, magazine cover it was, where uh, the lighting yes. was horrible and just, you know, she was not put in the best light that, I have, you know, in light literally and figuratively. Yeah, I have crazy stories of like it's just tragic Mm -hmm. I have crazy stories from like models and just talent just I've been on shoots where I never forget this I was on this shoot and this girl had her hair was maybe like a little bit longer than yours super thick and the girl comes running over to me and I'm like, what, you know, what, what's wrong with you? She's like, the makeup artist looked at me and was like, what is this science? Ex- this looks like a science experiment. Like, what am I supposed, what, what am I supposed to, yes. About her hair, called her hair a science experiment? Absolutely. I've had people um, 
<laughs> try to flat iron like natural hair like with spraying it with water and then going wow. down on a flat iron like i have seen all types of foolishness but see who see, is responsible for hiring and the, pro the producers so every shoe has a producer right that hires and the producer hires the talent a lot of times what happens is that um, when, when you get good in with like producers or photographers, they have like their own team. Right. So if I know Lonnie does makeup, right? So I'm going to take Lonnie with me everywhere I go. And that's just what it is. It right. don't matter who she's doing, whose hair. It don't matter if Lonnie got two shades of foundation and don't know what edge control is. She mm. is coming along for the ride because I know her and I have a relationship with her. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So you get people that are in these roles and I'm just like, how did you, how you get this gig? It's because mm -hmm. of who they know, not because of what they know mm -hmm. and, and what they know how to do. And that happens all the time. You see it all the time. Mm -hmm. So what's the workaround? <laughs> Man, I don't have their team. I don't even know what the what the workaround <laughs> is sometimes um, because it's it's really hard to get in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean it's it's just really hard to get in. It's it's hoping that which is this is so sad to say, but it's hoping that either you're waiting on somebody to give you that opportunity, or you make the opportunities for yourself and you start to do your own thing which I think is, you know, what's happening now that people are like, yo, we've been trying to break into this, these spaces and in these industries and people are not trying to give up the keys. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot of creatives trying to make their own way. And I think that that's one of the cool things, like even during the pandemic, that you see a lot of the creatives like, yo, okay, I see this is blah, blah, blah. I'm about to make my own way. And two, with brands and everything, you know, that's been going on in terms of just, you know, social injustice, brands are more open, right? So now brands are more open mm -hmm. to working with us because they're like, we need diversity and everything is diversity and inclusion. And we, we want to know what you think and how you can connect with the audience. So now we can really use our black cards, but that's what's been happening. So, um, the pandemic has been interesting because I think that it's allowed creatives to really be creative and to really work in their space. Um, but then it's also crazy on the other side because you're trying to navigate self-care and trying to make sure you're good and make coins. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting time, I think. Yes, definitely. I'm just looking forward to counting down the days. We only got a few more days left of 2020. So oh hopefully 2021. And of course, it has not been all bad. There have definitely been some strides for mm -hmm. improvement. Um, it's been a great time of reflection. Mm -hmm. um, what is one amazing thing that has happened for you personally or professionally in 2020? Ooh. <laughs> um, man, let's see. Uh, I feel like I was anticipating this and now I don't have no answer. Uh, <laughs> um, 20, even though it was, like I said, it's been stressful trying to, to 
figure everything out and to create some type of balance. But I feel like it's allowed me to get back to me being creative. Um, I was in 2019, I worked so much. Praise the Lord, saints, for my coins. Mm -hmm. But it was stressful and it was hard. Like I had no personal life, no time to do anything that I wanted to do creatively. So the pandemic allowed me to, of course, sit still. And at first, you remember when, you know, we were shut down and that meme kept going around, like, you better learn if you don't learn something and be productive and busy and all of this stuff. And I'm like, start a business, start a podcast. (laughs) Everybody don't have to do that. And you saying that somebody is busy does not equate to them being productive. So if you needed this time to rest and reflect and breathe and go to sleep, then cool. Yeah. Um, but for me, it just allowed me to to be creative. I man, I painted so much. Is that your work in the back? Yes, that's mine. Beautiful. These wire people up here, that's mine. Oh, um, nice. But it's it's just allowed me to to be creative and to feel like myself again. Um, so that was probably a blessing personally. Um, oh, I just finished with um, working with uh, the project Chance the Rapper did, uh, Merry Christmas, Little Mama. Um, nice. just, he just released that Thursday, Tuesday, one of them days last week. Congratulations. So that was cool because um, I actually got to do some body paint work. Um, and so that was, that was pretty great. Um, Mm -hmm. because it was different for me. A lot of times, you know, it's like, okay, you just do makeup and whatever, but it was the first time that I actually got to do painting per se on bodies, which is what I've done before and I'm used to and comfortable. So it allowed me to be in a different kind of space in addition to, you know, regular makeup work. Um, so that was pretty amazing and it was pretty cool. Um, just to see, it's always cool. I feel like I turn into, uh, a super fangirl or super mush when I see my work on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's just cool. Cause I remember when I did want to lay in the street, right. <laughs> when I, when I did, when I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not making any money. Right. And so, and so it just always makes me reflect back to those moments and to really be um, grateful and have a heart of gratitude because it was rough. And to, yeah. to go back there and to remind yourself and then to see how far, you know, I've come professionally has just been amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm totally thankful for that. Nice. Well, we are getting to the end. So I have Lonnie's last five questions. Oh, boy. They're not tough. I promise you know all the answers. Okay. Um, What is your favorite act of self-care? Ooh, uh, it's a tie. No, I'm lying. I'm a nail freak. Like, I will do my nails like a million... Yes, it will be they my name. You look good, by the way. Um, I just did them. Thank you. Nice. It have to be that. Mm-hmm. That and, yeah, it's probably that. Okay. So painting, essentially. Okay. <laughs> right. Can't get away right. from it. I was waiting right. for you to say painting, and nope. I was going to be like, that is, like, amazing when 
your act of self-care is what you do professionally, but it's still, it's still painting, painting your nails. So it's like, so you are, you are a true artiste. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, that's weird. Cause that probably would have been my answer. Right. But it's not, it's, it's my nails. Okay. Yeah. What's something you wish you were better at? Oh, I, I wish I was better organized. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. I that's not my ministry organization. <laughs> they no. have people for that. You can outsource. They do. <laughs> they, they do, but see, the problem is when you're not organized, somebody could like organize it and then next day it's going to be back to where it was. So. Oh, it's that bad. Okay. The mm-hmm. Lord knows my heart though. So, you know, in my mind, I'm organized now. Real life is a different story. Okay. Now maybe 2021 might be the year you get organized um, okay. <laughs> a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we kind of went through this one. What is your definition of success at this point? Peace. Mm. For me, it's, it's always peace. Um <laughs> I've seen the highs and the lows, um, but to have peace and to really love and live what you do, um, and also success for me really means being of service to others. Um, That's what really drives me um, in terms of even just, you know, doing simple makeup on somebody. It's being able to see them light up and be, you know, a different person. Like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. For me, it's definitely about service, being of service to others, and also just being at peace. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not about anything else, money, no material, nothing. It's about being at peace and feeling like you are good. So mm-hmm. that's it. What's a quote or a piece of advice that you live by? Fly free. Um, that's my mantra. I always say that. Um because I feel like that's how you you should operate, right? So, or um, either that or operating your gift. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's a million people that are makeup artists. It's a million people that have podcasts, right? It's a million people that are on TV and radio, but operating your gift and do it well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always been something that has been kind of ingrained and instilled and something that I always uh, share with people. Like, it doesn't matter if somebody else is doing what you're doing. You're, you're that person. You have the secret sauce. So sprinkle it all around and you'll be, you'll be good. So definitely operate in your gift and you'll be successful and have peace and all of that goodness. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to be remembered for? Ooh, being cool, of course. <laughs> um, what do I want to be remembered for? That's a good question. Um, mm, that's a good question. I feel I am very rarely stumped. Um, this is gonna sound like a recorder. Um, but I would like to be remembered for using everything that God has given me and being a great steward over my gifts because uh, that's important to me. And I feel like if you have something that's amazing and that has been put into, into your life and as your purpose, that you should absolutely 
absolutely fulfill all of those things that you've been given to you. So yeah, I would want to be remembered by all the things that I can do and all the things that I help people to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Love it. it. Love it. Well, let everyone know where they can find you if they want to book you for your services. You are in Chicago, but you travel, right? I do travel. I mean, I'm not getting on no airplanes. <laughs> You'll take a uh, bus or, or drive. <laughs> I, I will drive. Um, you can find me in my living room, clearly, because this is <laughs> what I'm doing these COVID, covid days. Uh, but you can also find me on uh, Instagram at j.st.james, that's J-A-I-M-E-S. Or you can check out my website, which is jstjames.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with at least three people who you think would enjoy it too or benefit from the information. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.